views and opinions expressed in Cold and Missing are exclusively those of the hosts. All parties mentioned are considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Cold and Missing also contains adult themes and languages and is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Cold and Missing, we are here for you again. Yes, it is our 11th episode, which is very exciting because we have officially beat Podfade. So we're past it, baby. We made it. Yeah. Wow. Freshman year, we're into sophomore year. Can't wait till we're at... No, I don't ever want to have senioritis when it comes to this. So... Scratch that. Scratch the whole Scratch the analogy. analogy. Scratch that. We're excited. We're here. Yeah, and if you've been following along on our Instagram, you've probably seen there has been some updates in the Abby Williams and Libby German case, which we just covered two weeks ago. There's been an arrest made, so this is very exciting. Right now, we don't have much to tell you, so this episode, we're recording this on Sunday, and it will come to you uh, Monday morning. Happy Halloween, everybody. But the press conference... The updates in the Delphi case uh, will be happening Monday morning at around 10 o'clock. So we're going to be watching it, and we'll bring you a bonus updated episode. We're hoping Monday in the afternoon you'll get a nice little bonus, extra cold and missing, on Halloween. Happy Halloween. And we plan on covering this case until it's officially closed, and then it's no longer cold and missing. Absolutely. I feel like uh, you all should know that Allie's playing it very cool while she's talking about it right now, but throughout the development of, of this news dropping surrounding the Delphi case, I got a call from work. I got a few calls after that where she was calling me. I got home, and it was all she could talk about. She has dedicated so much time to giving information accurate information about what happened to these um these two poor poor young young people uh so yeah she's ellie's awesome she's doing great work (laughs) uh what we can tell you right now about what we know is his name is richard allen he has been arrested in connection with the case we don't know officially what he's been charged with as of us recording right now he is a Delphi native. He lives and works there. Um, he worked at... Exactly like you said a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I always said from the beginning this was going to be somebody local yeah. to Delphi. You knew. You called it. And he also worked in Delphi. So he was working at the CVS in town, which is one of the few places I mentioned in our episode as the amenities of Delphi. But that's exactly where he was. Um, hello. Wow. Detective on our hands right here. So that's what we know as of right now that we can confirm is true. We do know that he's married. It does appear that he had a daughter. So this is somebody who played the role of a community member well, and it's finally caught up. Yikes. It's finally caught up. So hopefully, and again, innocent until proven guilty, but I am very interested to see what the police think about this, what they know about their casework. So very excited, very excited for these families to have an update and to move towards justice in some sense. So uh, watch out for that bonus episode coming to you 
later today when you're listening to this. I'm, I can't imagine the way this is shaking the community there. Yeah, I mean, it's even if you didn't know the girls, it's such a small community that you feel protective of everybody in it. But then if you did know Richard, that's got to make you just look back at every single interaction, no matter how small, even if you were just getting your prescriptions filled at the CVS, like this is somebody that you were seeing all the time. So 100% correct. And we will absolutely dive into that in our bonus episode. Yeah. So very excited to hear what the press conference is about. Make sure you are subscribed and we will drop that just as soon as it's ready later today. But in the meantime, we're back on track. So this week we're going to be covering the case of of Kimberly and Yo. She goes by Kimmy, and this takes place in Edders, Pennsylvania. And this is a pretty small community, so this is about two hours west of Philadelphia, and it sits on the Susquehanna River. Susquehanna. Susquehanna. I had to look up how to pronounce it. Very fun to say. And this takes place May 8th, 1996. So just a little background information about Kimmy. Kimmy is 20 years old. She was born August 29th, 1975. And she is described by friends and family as happy and outgoing. She loved traveling, roller skating, and playing pool. And I'm like, girl, let's hang. I love to do all that. She has lots of friends in her life. Two of her friends are quoted in the paper. They wish to remain anonymous at that time, but... Her one friend is quoted as saying, quote, she was a people person. She just liked going out and having fun, meeting new people, seeing new places, end quote. And her other friend says, quote, me and her have been through a lot together, and she was always there to listen. Never turned her back on a friend, ever, end quote. That one's really getting me. Yeah. Uh. So she was a really good friend. That's all anyone could really say about her. She graduated from Redland High School in 1993. In 1996, she's working as a customer service rep for Electronic Data Systems. And she has two siblings, Dana Yo and Brian Yo, and her parents are Richard and Lula. Wow. I love that name. Lula. I know. More people should be named Lula. And she had siblings? Mm-hmm. Wait, what is this one again? I'm already, I already forgot. Is it cold? It's cold. So we don't know? No! We don't know. <sighs> I'm already stressed <laughs> out. So, in 1996, she's still living with her family, and they live at Skyview Mobile Home Park on Ridge Road there in Edders, Pennsylvania. And this mobile home park is still there. I was able to pull it up on Google Maps. And also, I love anytime anything's named Skyview. I'm like, of course you've got a view of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Skyview. Skyview. It sounds like um, like a, a town in a, like a teen movie. Mm-hmm. Skyview High. Yeah. You know? I feel like there was like a Disney superhero movie. like Sky High. Sky High, yeah. Was that real? Yeah, that's real. We were Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. That was our Disney heyday. Yeah, it was a little after my heyday, and but I remember. And Tia and Tamara. <laughs> Truly. So in 1996, she is five foot two, 130 pounds, has wavy dark brown hair. She has manicured nails. They're painted white with a rhinestone on each finger. And she also has a tattoo between her hips of leafy vines with flowers and a colorful hummingbird. Nails, 
We're making a statement. We're fancy. It's 1996. I love it. Yeah. I love I, a manicured moment. Yeah, I love a white manicured nail. <laughs> I I had those like in my in my uh, senior pictures. You can see me. I have those. On. Like white painted nails or like French manicures. French manicure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The grip that French tips had on me in high school was strong. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how could I get any other nail? Wow, we were nearing our bodies. We were baking ourselves in what are those fucking those tanning booths mm-hmm. and and putting acrylics on ourselves wearing heels to school and you could buy cigarettes at 18 what a time <laughs> what a time can't you now most places you have to be 21 illinois you have to be 21 i should know but i've been over 21 for a while so let's get into this so wednesday may 8th 1996 Kimmy's last seen at her family home around 8 p.m. And her family is not going to report her missing ever. Ooh. All right. It was apparently pretty common for Kimmy to kind of go and stay at a friend's house for a little bit, not be in contact with her family. But um, the police spokesman, uh, Lucian Southard, he's quoted as saying, quote, At times, she stayed with friends. It was not unusual behavior that she should be missing. Their concern grew as time lengthened. So it does seem unusual that she would have been gone for about two weeks, roughly. Before anything was done? Yeah. And they didn't hear anything from her? No. Okay. I was already giving the excuse in my head, like, it's 96, so there's... Not the same access to a mobile device. Right. But two weeks? Yeah. It's interesting. Um, So on May 22nd, 1996, this is two weeks after she was last seen. At around 7.30 p.m., some people are fishing on the east bank of the Susquehanna River, about one mile south of the borough of Dauphin in Middle Paxton Township. And so this is about 40 minutes north of Kimmy's home. Fishermen find the partially submerged body of Kimmy O. And she's only wearing white athletic socks. And she was bound with her arms behind her back. So she wasn't ever reported missing. They find her. No, I thought this feels like a trick, Al. I thought it was cold in a different way. (laughs) Damn. So the fishermen call this in and police start, you know, their investigation. And then around 10 o'clock that night, they find Kimmy's car, which is a 1987 Mazda at Gable's truck stop in West Hanover Township, Pennsylvania. And in her car are Nike shoes hanging from the rear view mirror, dents on the right front fender, and several stuffed animals in the car. And does she have kids? No. But she's 20. Like, I still had stuffed animals when I was 20. I know. I, and we still have, like, our little stuffies. Like, I'm not I'm not judging that. Just that, like, the car is, like, filled with them? It, it didn't say filled with them, but there was more than one. And the car is 22 miles of where her body is found. So the manager of Gable's truck stop, his name is Tom Filippi. 
said he recalled seeing the truck several times over the last several months, and it is reported that Kimmy used to go to Gable's truck stop often. Like, it was a place you could go and eat, you know? Oh, okay. So she had frequented it there before, and Mary Howell, a server at the truck stop, said that she had waited on Kimmy about two weeks before. So this would have been around the same time that she was last seen by her family. Oh, okay. So that puts her near there? Yeah, it puts her at the truck stop at least two weeks before. Mary said she remembered this because Kimmy had paid with a credit card and her last name had stuck out to Mary. But Mary had not noticed the car in the truck stop parking lot. She said it was normal for cars to be left there for days while truckers went on runs. And Mary hadn't noticed the car until the police were actually there impounding it. So that was the first time she took note of the car. It's not clear how long her car was sitting there. Had it been there for two weeks? And Mary, you know, just is so used to cars sitting there for a long time, like wouldn't take notice of the cars in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Or if it had been dumped recently. And but wouldn't the autopsy tell? Like if the food in her stomach was the same as like if she had been there at two weeks. And if they opened her up and it was the food that she had digested at that day, wouldn't they be able to see that the food was from that place? I don't know this for sure, but I think they can only do contents of the stomach if they find the body within a short amount of time after death. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because you have stomach acid and stuff. And even after you die... um, I'm assuming some of that still does what it's supposed to do. Yeah, like, your body starts breaking down. I'm really impressed with myself that I thought that, though. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they might have that information, but we don't know that. Okay. Um, But it is pretty clear that police do not know Kimmy's last days. So we don't really know when she went missing, when she went into the water, when she died. On Thursday, this is the next day after her body is found... Kimmy's autopsy is performed, and the matter of death is strangulation. They found several lacerations to her head, and there were also ligature marks on the neck and right ankle, and then other signs of severe trauma. Police believe her body was in the water for five to nine days, and they were able to ID Kimmy from her fingerprints because there was a set of her fingerprints on file from when she had applied for a job at a private security firm. So that's how they ID'd Kimmy, because nobody has reported her missing at this point. Got it. So Friday, May 24th, police announce her homicide. So this is the first time it's really hitting the papers. I assume at this point they've notified her family since they know who she is. And then the next day on May 25th, reporters had gone to the mobile home park and was interviewing neighbors. And again, this neighbor wished to remain anonymous, but he said he had daughters and nieces who played with Kimmy. He says, quote, I was not surprised. She was gone most of the time. What I know, you wouldn't want to print, end quote. And the reporter seemed to get out of that was that she was hanging out with the wrong crowd. What? Uh, the first thing I thought was, uh, was, what do you, what do you know about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Not anything about her, but like the about whoever did this to her. That's yeah. The first thing that I thought. Yeah, he says, "What I know, you wouldn't want to print." 
And I believe that's in regards to Kimmy. Like, what I know about her, you wouldn't want to print. But I thought that maybe they were referencing, like, her home life or whatever. Like, what I know about this family. That it was, like, internal, that someone in the family did it. Oh. Like, what I know. Oh, I took it as... Because he says, quote, I was not surprised. She was gone most of the time. What I know, you wouldn't want to print. So since it was all talking about her, I took it as she was gone most of the time. What I know, like, she was into X, Y, and Z. Like, you wouldn't want to print that. Like, that's how I took it. And the reporter seemed to take it like she was hanging out with the wrong crowd. But yeah, it's pretty vague and a weird thing to say after somebody dies. Regardless. Men say stupid shit. All the time. Truly. I say this as a man. (laughs) So the next week on May 29th, Kimmy's obituary is ran, and it has her date of death as May 14th. I don't know if this is coming from the day they truly believe that she died, or if they're just kind of cutting the difference from the time she was last seen to how long they think she was in the water, because... She was last seen May 8th, and so that would be eight days till May 14th, the day that they are reporting she died. And then she was found May 22nd. Again, eight days. But there's still so much vagueness, so I don't think she died May 14th. Maybe she did, but I don't think we are 100% solid on that fact. Because where was she from May 8th until she potentially went in the water on May 14th or the 13th. If they think it was the full nine days, it would have been the 13th, the earliest she could have been put in the water. But then the next day, Thursday, May 30th, her funeral is held. And then the next day, the police have a press conference where they're asking the public for more information. If they had seen Kimmy in the following weeks, Lucian South says, quote, more than likely where she was found was not the homicide scene. So police very quickly do not think she was killed at the river. They believe she was just dumped there and the murder happened somewhere else, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. Police are also talking with other agencies to see if there are any other similar crimes, because this seems like somebody who knows what they're doing. I don't know. This, as bad as it sounds, like if it, she was found, obviously you weren't doing that good of a job. I guess that's fair. But sometimes, you know, people are people who are unwell. They they want their their like terror to be found. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, police are not yielding any other similar crimes in the area, anything like that. So. After her funeral, nothing really happens. At the one-year mark, her story is run again in the newspaper, but police have no new leads. They basically kind of just repeat the same thing of they believe she was killed somewhere else and then dumped in the river. Her mother, who had been pretty private in her grief at the one-year mark, sat down with reporters and she is quoted as saying, quote, I can't understand how someone could do something like that, end quote from Lula Yo. And the police also say that there is a lack of physical evidence, so they don't really have anything at this point in 1996. Or, sorry, at one year it's 1997, but they didn't have anything in 1996 either. So then, case really goes cold. No news, no news, no news, until 17 years in 2013. On October 31st, 
2013, a local news station runs her story and sit down with police again. Police say in 2013 that they are resubmitting evidence for further DNA analysis and testing because from 1996 to 2013, DNA testing grown leaps and bounds. Man, I love, I love journalism. Even just this, that like someone brought it up again. Someone wrote about it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And at this time in 2013, police are also submitting her case to the FBI, who at this time had a trucker serial killer initiative. So they were combing through cold cases and other crimes to see if there could be like a trucker serial killer. Um, And there have been other trucker serial killers in the past, obviously. Um, But in 2013, the FBI was reviewing to see if there were any more, more cases that could be linked. So police submit her crime to see if they match any other. No results from the retesting or of the FBI analysis. Maybe there are results, but they're not reported. They're keeping those um, for the investigation. But I would imagine if they were able to get DNA from somebody that was not Kimmy and they put it into their national database and got a hit, that would probably make news. Mm -hmm. But maybe not. Maybe just like one hit of DNA is not enough to convict somebody. You know, you need more. Yeah, the presence of DNA can be circumstantial. Yeah. And so then at the 20 year mark, this, or just shy of 20 years, so this is March 4th of 2016, police ask for the public's help in piecing together Kimmy's last days, but they say they have no new leads. It seems they don't know anything more than what they knew when they found her in 1996. So there is. A lot of mystery in this case. Obviously, to me, I think the wealth of information lies in what happened between the time Kimmy was last seen by her family and she was possibly waited on. From when she was last seen to when her body went in the water, that's really the critical time period that police know nothing about. Like, they don't, at least it's reported, they don't really know anything about her last days. They might have a couple soft leads of like talking with this friend or that friend. Yeah. And it's, there's really no coverage on this case. Like I said, when she first was found, there was, you know, several news stories, but I was surprised for such a small town. And this is such a brutal murder. It's like one thing to like strangle somebody, which is usually a personal crime, right? Like Mm -hmm. most strangulations are solved because they are personal. Yeah. It's either like personal or serial killer. It, it yeah. doesn't tend to be something that's used in like an attack. Right. Like, if, like in a B&E, you know, a robber yeah. probably isn't going to come in and strangle you. But yeah, so, and the fact that her arms were bound behind her back, like that's, that to me is uh, maybe leans a little bit more towards a serial killer because if you get in like a lover's quarrel, whatever, passion, heat of a moment kind of thing, and you strangle somebody, like, okay, not great, not great, but for arms to be bound behind the back, that seems like there was some torture involved. Like, she has deep cuts on her head, and then ligature marks on her neck, and then just the ankle. 
That's really interesting. Just the right ankle to me. That's really it's that they got one. Mm-hmm. Like there was something. Something happened with the left foot where like they couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Lacerations to me sounds like someone was like, you know, if you had a knife and you're trying to get to someone, like if you are the attacker, I imagine if it's going awry, you're you're going to be like slashing and trying to like scoop and grab with the knife, mm-hmm. you know. So if you know anything about what happened to Kimmy Yo, Kimberly and Yo. If you know anything, you are encouraged to call the Pennsylvania Crime Stoppers at 1-800-472-8477, and you can remain anonymous. And then the sources for today's podcast come from Lancaster New Era, The Centennial, York Daily Record, Intelligentsia Journal, The Gettysburg Times, York Sunday News, The York Dispatch, Public Opinion, ABC 27 News, CrimeWatchersPA.com, and the FBI's websites most wanted. But that is the cold case of Kimmy Yo. Thank you for listening. If you like what we're doing here, please make sure you like and subscribe. Leave a review if that's available on your streaming service. Um, Again, make sure you are subscribed or following, whatever it is, wherever you're listening. Um, If you want to get our updates and our bonus episodes about um, all the information that's coming out of Delphi right now, make sure that's on. Maybe turn on a little notification. You'll know as soon as the episode drops. You can follow us on Instagram at cold and missing. And from there, uh, from the link in our bio, you can find where to listen to us. You can buy us a coffee if you'd like to leave us a little tip because you are enjoying it so much. And um, yeah, and we'll be bringing you the Delphi updates later on this Halloween. So happy Halloween, everybody. Technically later today. (laughs) Woo! Yeah, we're recording on Sunday, but it feels like... In a few hours, it we'll feels know. like nighttime, like Monday right now. I'm so discombobulated in this new dark space hut that I've built for us. <laughs> Our recording studio. <laughs> it's very dark. It's very cozy. But yeah, thank y'all so much. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, you weirdos. And we bet you love it as much as we do. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good week, y'all, and stay safe.